Hey out there to all people and mediocre magicians. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy who may actually be a chair in disguise, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing good, Brandon. I literally forgot about that scene, even though I just <laughs> finished the editing on it like two days ago. <laughs> I mean, it may be the best, but also the most confusingly ridiculous scene in that episode. Yep. Um, I'm really glad. Okay, so don't like that episode, but we got a lot of really funny content out of it, I will say. It's a silly episode. Ugh, that's like putting it annoyingly, Brandon. Don't do oh, that. Sorry, sorry. It's, it's uh, okay. dog shit. It is, though, really. Is it for real? <laughs> but, uh, maybe, maybe better today. Uh, but we'll get to we'll it. see. Well, I mean, maybe. That's a stretch, too, Brandon. Jeez, <laughs> you're all stretching. Are you the, uh... Are you the incredible elastic kid? The colossal elastic kid? I have a man just off stage from my recording booth, and he's just pulling his hand apart, <laughs> indicating for me to stretch, stretch oh, the podcast out, because this one's going to be very short, because ah. nothing happens. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about? Then? Like, I am free um, to talk. I'm like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I got nothing. Shit. That's okay. Uh, how has your week been, Cortland? Did you get up to anything exciting? Dude, I got up to so many things, but I'm only going to talk about one of them. That's all you get. Aw, oh, man. So it's Halloween. For you, anyway, it's Halloween. Our Halloween doesn't start until tomorrow. I mean, I guess you still have a couple hours, but like for mm-hmm. the sake of the podcast, it's Halloween for you, okay? Oh, it's Halloween, y'all. It's Halloween. So uh, I went to work yesterday, because it was Friday, and I dressed up for Halloween, um, I sent you a picture of it, but let's just, yeah, you know, for great. the folks at home, let's go R.L. Stein here. Hey, everybody, it's your boy. It's Cortland. I dressed up as a zombie. I cut my hair. I cut hair out of my head. <laughs> that is commitment. Yep. And um, I put blood in it. Well, not, I mean, real blood, but, you know, oh, store-bought okay. blood. Well, that's not commitment. But I, I, you know, I took a shower yesterday after I got home from work and everything because I was all, you know, makeuped up and such. And uh, I still have those cuts in my head because I literally took clippers to my hair. And so I got I got chiseled hair right now is what I'm trying to say. All right. So you look like vanilla ice. That's dope. Yeah. What I have left right now, pretty chiseled up, guys. (laughs) Uh, Are you going to keep it? Mm -mm. Nope. I actually... Oh. So I, I started a new job on Monday, kind of. Like, I got a promotion at work, and uh, I have to be on camera to interview people. So I definitely don't want to have chiseled hair. I don't know. I feel like that that gives you, like, a professional kind of edge. An aura. Like, if you're going to, like, do a Zoom interview with somebody, and they show up, and they got chiseled hair, like, you know that they are very proud of themselves you know they have got if i've seen somebody with a chiseled hair yeah i would think this person means business yeah right they are confident yeah so (sighs) you know cut out all the malarkey Mm -hmm. no shenanigans no i'd be like hi my name's Cortland. welcome to my zoom meeting and they'd be like whoa because i got chiseled hair (laughs) (laughs) be like check out this chiseled hair yeah, <laughs> I'd spend the whole interview being like, did you see this chiseled bit over here? <laughs> Maybe if they start to get out of line, you go, uh, 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 excuse me, did, you, did yeah. you see this chiseled hair? So don't give me that crap. I just imagine that you on these interviews, you're like Judge Judy. Bop, bop, bop. I'm just like, chiseled hair, sir. <laughs> That's what I plan on doing. I'll probably be an all-star for the company. So uh, a couple weeks from now, don't don't worry. I'm going to chisel my hair again. That's how I get my promotions. <laughs> wow. Well. So anyway, Halloween. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. All for Halloween. All for Halloween. I was a zombie. Everybody appreciated my dedication. We also had a pasta bar potluck, and it was really great. Mmm. Yeah. Can't go wrong with pasta. No, you can't. It's impossible, you know? I made a, a pesto with spinach and basil and garlic, pine nuts. Well, it sounds like you had quite a week, Cortland. I mean, literally all that I talked about was just from yesterday, so I had quite a wow. yesterday. So imagine what the rest of your week was like. <laughs> yeah, you guys can fill in the blanks. Chiseling all kinds of body parts, but that's oh, shit. a story I for wish. another time, I guess. <laughs> Did you do anything uh, extra sweet this week, Brandon? No, of course not. Okay. 
All right. Well, I'm yeah. glad my sweetness was all around for everybody. I rely on you to carry <laughs> <laughs> the conversational this, bits of the podcast. <laughs> this last week conversation. It's okay. Someday I'll do something. But no, you did. You fell when you were playing Pokemon Gold that week. one time. That was pretty great. Oh, that's true. That's the highlight of my year. <laughs> Fake uh, Pokemon cards and tripping over oh, Pokemon yeah. Go. Pokemon has ruined my life. I guess so. Every time it's you've had an interaction with Pokemon, it is for sure negative. <laughs> yes, it is never good. <laughs> All right. We should talk about, and we're trying not to, but we should talk about <laughs> this episode of Goosebumps titled okay. Bad Hair Day. Mm-hmm. Cortland. Cortland. What? what? Did you like this episode? Did I like it? Um, I <laughs> Uh, hold on. I gotta, I gotta answer honestly here. Um, I, I didn't hate it. Like, this isn't my least favorite oh. episode, but I didn't enjoy it <laughs> per se. Okay. There's a lot of shit in this episode that I kind of hate. <laughs> but there's one man, Brandon, one man that I truly love that is in this really? episode for about mm, three seconds. Okay, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was actually, like, confused when you said you liked a character in this episode. Yeah, no, everybody else but, is dog shit, but then... Now that you mention, now that you mention it, yes, okay. Yeah, but then one graceful angel floats on screen, and I was like, <gasps> and then he was gone, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's like, I guess that's all I deserve. <laughs> yeah. Well. What were we talking about? Oh, this episode. <laughs> 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 the reason for the season, Cortland. Ah, yes. Um, bad hair day. It's really stupid. There's a lot of like, I thought for I thought for a second that it might have been directed by Ron Oliver, and then I was like, no, this is like, oh. this is not. Like, it's trying to do that Ron Oliver charm, but it just kind of goes over the top, and it's not. It's not good. There's like, but no. I'm tiss between every single joke. There's like, lots of questionable things happening. Um. There's some Dutch angles, but there's not enough of them, you know? Yeah, there's there's a fair amount of Dutch angles, but not enough Dutch angles to fix what's wrong with the episode. No, you can't fix everything with Dutch angles. You can try. Yeah, You can Dutch you it up. Try. Well, I didn't like this episode. Um, I'll, I'll agree with you that I didn't hate it. It's not the worst. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, Goosebumps episodes where people turn into animals are just not doing it for me. Weird. This was a very uh, My Hairiest Adventure, sort of just like, when the fuck is something going to happen? And then it yeah. does, and it's like, this is stupid. Yeah, and then something happens, and everybody stares at it mystified for like three, five, ten seconds. Yeah. Um, I think we should just talk about it. Okay. Fine. Let's do it. Let's get... Let's get over this. Let's rip this bandaid off. Let's be done with this within the next 45 minutes. We're good. We we might. Okay. (laughs) We begin the episode by looking at a sign for Malik's Magic Shop. And that's shop with two Ps, so it's fancy. Yeah, so fuck Malik is what you're trying to say. (laughs) In the background, some funky music is playing. Yeah, that's, I mean, just get ready for that. Funky music all around. Oh, yeah, yeah. This episode is This very episode funky. brings out the funk. Yeah, there's bass all over. like, But none of it's particularly good. I'll say that. No, it's it's not Seinfeld. No, some of it wants to be, but no, it's not. In front of the magic shop, a nerdy-looking boy asks a slightly cooler-looking boy to pick a card. Any card. The cool boy tells him that that trick is old and lame... But the I mean, nerdy boy know. insists. Yeah, he doesn't know what trick he's trying to do. Yeah, Lots of like tricks start with... Every card trick starts with that. The cool boy, whose name is Foz, yeah, right. tells him he needs to get some new tricks. He gestures toward a cardboard cutout of a generic-looking magician and says, Like a mazo. Dude. Which yeah. is a terrible name for a magician. Yeah, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, of all the names, if if you were a magician, what name would you have, Brandon? <sighs> well, I mean, the obvious answer is, like, Brandini or something. I don't know why, yeah, that's but what I was that's, say. that's I was what say you Brantastic. do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do, is, like, take your name, but make it slightly more Italian? I don't know. Yep, I think that's right. That's the formula. The nerd, whose name is Tim, says, 
Yeah, I know, but they're so expensive. Then why are you going to a magic shop? <laughs> just to browse, I guess. Okay. They're just one of those loiters. Or Ugh. they just like wait around in shops until rich people buy them the tricks. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Or they just get freebies for some reason. That probably won't yeah. pay off, though. Nobody gets freebies. Foss tells Tim that if he had some new tricks, he could be the great Timothini. <gasps> which is also a terrible name. Yeah. Tim pulls out a messy wad of pathetic $1 bills in size. <sighs> they head into the magic shop and greet Mr. Malik himself. The boys begin admiring a blue box with stars on it and say that all this Amazo shit is so cool. It is, though. Uh, I guess, if you... <laughs> Like you like magic, don't you? I like magic. I like magic, yeah. I'd like magic better if it was real. Well, I mean, yeah. Sorry, Brandon well, Potter. You're not that, a wizard. That, uh, like, breaking the magician's code thing from the 90s. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. It kind of ruined magic for me. Yeah, but I, I'm the kind of person that enjoys seeing, like, how things are done. I think you are too, though, Brandon. <laughs> Yeah. That's why we do That's why we do a podcast that rips apart children's television shows. <laughs> that that was how we started it. <laughs> now we just admire all things bad hair day, you know. <sighs> Can you imagine being stuck in an endless loop where every episode was this episode over and over again every single week? <laughs> we just talked about it over and over again. Oh what, man. We like we had to. Yeah, like that was our like, show. This is it. This is we what were we contractually have to do. obligated so in our own little personal hell, R.L. Stein's there, and he's like, What's up, everybody? It's your boy. My Bad Hair Day is my favorite episode, and these two knuckleheads are going to review it every single day of every single week for the rest of time. Where was I going with this? Why would R.L. Stein do this to us? <laughs> I don't know why, but if if R.L. Stein signed off on it, I might be more willing to go yeah, along with it. I, I think you're right. Yeah, if R.L. Stein was like, Hey, I want to give you this podcast If R.L. Stein personally gave his permission to torture me for all eternity i would be like whoa what an i honor. mean what an honor right yeah okay i'm sorry we need to we can't do this brandon i can't do this today we can't have another my hairiest adventure this can't happen. all right let's move on we're like two minutes in we have to hurry <laughs> i know like Foz is still in the episode come on <laughs> All right, Mr. Malik says that Amazo was actually in the shop just that morning. Bullshit. Foz asks what the blue contraption that they're looking at actually does. And without even considering for a second that the shop owner might not want them messing around with this shit, Tim pulls out a sword and tells his friend to hop inside and he'll show him how it works. Now, predictably, Mr. Malik is like, what the fuck? No, stop. Yeah, but he tells the boys he does have something to show them. They follow him to a very gaudy and jewel-encrusted mini-guillotine. Yeah, and then they say it wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, some people just say it like that. Yeah, it's kind of like when people call it gyros gyros, right? I call them that. What? Get the no, fuck I out. Don't. I, have, I have never said that word out loud in my life. I okay, here's a, here's a better example. As when people call niche, niche. Okay, yes. That's terrible. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't correct people when they do it because, like, nobody says niche, but... <laughs> When I say niche, because we have a niche podcast, I'm always like, this is a niche podcast, you guys. And then they're like, uh, it's niche. <laughs> Has anyone ever corrected you on that? <laughs> no. Oh. no. I'd be, I would give them a look if they did, though. <laughs> I love when people correct someone when they're the one who's wrong. So Yeah, when they're confidently incorrect. I yeah. love that. Beautiful. <laughs> Mr. Malik demonstrates the guillotine's effectiveness on a conveniently placed banana. Mm-hmm. Guess that was just his lunch or something. Just had yep. it there. Then he asks the boys for some help. He places his arm into the guillotine and asks if they could hit a lever to lock the blade in place. Like, that's a fucking thing. Tim hesitantly flips a lever on the side of the thing, and Malik screams, No, not that one! This goes on for, like, two minutes. It's, it's like the most action-packed part of the episode. You're kind of right, yeah. The blade comes down and everybody screams. We cut to commercial break, and when we come back, it's pandemonium. Foz is running over to the rotary phone, <laughs> dialing 911. Malik is screaming, My arm! Oh goodness, my arm! And Tim is apologizing <laughs> profusely. Then, Mr. Malik pulls his hand out of the guillotine, saying, What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? 
Oh, <laughs> this hand is still attached. Oh, got him. We get a legitimate womp womp sound effect. And Foz yes. walks away from his 911 phone call in progress to admire the trick. <laughs> uh, you know what, Brandon? One time I accidentally called 911. How old were you? Um, see, I was in first grade, so like seven. All right. What happened? Well, I was dialing out to a friend's phone number and their their phone number. What, was like, their number 912? It was like 7911 or something like that. Uh, okay. And um, I apparently didn't hit the seven or something. And then I got nervous because, like, I was calling him for the very first time, so I hung up the phone. And then 911 called me back. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, hey, we just got a phone call from the address here. Something going on. And I was just like, no. <laughs> God, that so, would be so terrifying to, like, call some friend for the first time and someone picks up, like, what's your emergency? I'm like, what? Huh? I didn't even I didn't even let him pick up. I just uh, I like you realized your out. mistake right away. Yeah. Well, I didn't okay. know I called nine one one, but yeah. So if you're calling a friend from first grade, um, and their phone number starts with a number, then nine one one. If you accidentally just do nine one one and then write out or type out the rest of their phone number, it'll connect it to nine one one anyway. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. It is because yeah. if you're in an emergency and your hands are shaking. And you can manage to get out the 911, but then you accidentally hit a 2. It's good that it's not like, well, that's fucking null yep. and void. That's true. That's true. Do they have 911 services in Australia, Brandon? Um, It's triple zero here. That's, that's what I, thought. But I thought it was 1. 911 still works because so many some people Americans. don't know that it's triple zero because of American TV and movies. Yeah, you got blokes like you coming in from America like, oh, it's an emergency. 911 doesn't work. I guess everybody's dead. Yeah. Womp womp. That's okay. That's the number one killer in in Australia is those Americans coming in not knowing how to dial out for emergency. Tim says that that trick was the tightest shit and asks how much it is. <laughs> Malik tells him 250 Tim is like, $2.50? Sweet! But Foz oh tells him $250, brainzo. Tim is disappointed that all of the good tricks are so expensive. And Malik says, mm-hmm. maybe there's something he can afford. He reaches behind Tim's ear and produces two tickets to that night's Amazo performance. What? Okay. So he's going to sell him tickets now? No, he just gives him that shit. The only Why? thing they can afford is stuff pulled from behind their ears. Why is that? Why is he giving them two tickets? Why is this? Why? He's just like one of those shopkeepers that, like, I don't know. He's buddies with. No, nope. Okay. Fuck off. <laughs> Foz looks at the ticket and says, "It doesn't start till ten o'clock. No way their parents will let them go out that late on a school day." Yeah. Okay. That happened, and I was like, "I don't even stay up until ten o'clock." <laughs> Same. Oh man. If someone gave me tickets for a show at 10 o'clock, I would be like, not going to that. Exactly, me too. Tim counters back that this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and he ain't missing it. We cut to later that night, and Tim is very slowly sneaking his way down the stairs. He steps on a squeaky board, and he braces for the sirens. When nothing happens, he keeps walking down. When he reaches the door... There literally is flashing lights and sirens outside the house. Right. I don't know why. And it's like a little gag, but I figured it would pay off somehow, but no. 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 Stop it. There's just sirens. Mm -hmm. The camera quickly pans to a little girl standing alone in the dark for some reason as she asks where Tim is going. Mm -hmm. I thought this girl was the same girl that played Tara from Cuckoo Clock of Doom, but she's not. No. She isn't. I recognized her, but it's not her. Really? Did you? Yes, I did. Oh, shit. Okay. Can we go over characters soon, then? Um, sure. It won't take very long. I looked already. (laughs) (laughs) Tim tries to lie and say he's going into the garage to practice a new trick. But the girl asks hard-hitting questions like, Really? And he folds like a deck of cards. He tells her where he's really going, and she says that she's going to tell. (gasps) No. That is, unless he takes her with him. 
Lame. Yeah, he's like, fuck no, what? This and is she like yells, a Bulgarian Tucker Six. Mom! Which she does like Man. ten times this episode. Well, you know what? Lucky for uh, lucky for Timmy here, he doesn't have parents. <laughs> so, it's all good. <laughs> That's true. We never see them, do we? No, we don't even hear about them. Not even when a little she bit. calls for them. He doesn't have parents. He doesn't have uh, Foz anymore. <laughs> Everything he oh, owns is just yeah. Foz is gone. He does not make a return to this episode. They could have just not had him in that first scene. Now that I think about it, he contributed nothing. Wouldn't it make more sense if it was like his sister? Dean could have just walked in like, "Boy, I wish I could buy some of these things," and then he's like, "Hey, here's some tickets." Or he could walk in and be like, "Boy, I wish I sure had some friends." And then this guy's like, oh, "I'm sorry, kid. Here's some tickets to a stupid magician." I'm an old magician man. I'll be your friend. Ugh. There's a little bit of that in this episode. Not I'll show you some tricks. Creepy. Yeah, when he when when Malik or whatever his name is was like, "Oh, come on over here, kids." I was like, "No, don't do it, kids." <laughs> Tim puts his hand over his sister's mouth, and he understands that he can either accept the fact that he's busted. And that it was a dumb idea to sneak out alone so late at night in the first place. Or he can double down on the stupidity and bring his six-year-old sister into a dangerous situation. Yeah, potentially dangerous, yeah. So, of course, we cut to the Magic Theater, which just looks like some old house. And inside, Tim and his sister Ginny sit front row in a tiny room filled with middle-aged and elderly couples. Yeah... Um, I think that it was called the Midnight Mansion, if I'm rem- remembering right. Right, A really bad knockoff of the Magic Mansion. Yeah. I just, I think I even just put Magic Mansion in my notes. If we call it Magic Mansion, I don't think anybody will mind. No. It is a, a mansion of magic. <laughs> it's just missing one key thing, and his name is Richard Dumont. Ooh, yeah. The small amount of people in the room clap as Amazo is introduced and he takes the stage. Amazo does some birthday party level tricks while a really annoying theme song plays in the background. Tim is mesmerized by this though and hopes to be picked as a volunteer. Amazo does a couple more tricks which mostly amount to pulling animals out of things that don't normally contain animals. And at one point, he is just holding a rabbit up and says, What's the matter, buddy? Having a bad hair day? Oh, boo, I forgot about that. Total drop. But... As dumb as that is, like, that joke kills with this audience. Yeah, this audience appreciates shitty comedy, I guess. It flashes over to a lady who, like, looks like she is straight out of 1984, though. I love her. <laughs> like 1984 the book? N- no, like the year. <laughs> okay. Very different. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, she's got, like, the serial killer rimmed glasses. And she's, oh, like, of course. staring. And I'm like work it girl you know mm-hmm. and then you got what's the sister's name it's not tara is it jenny oh it's jenny i think jenny like from harry potter she at one yes, point she another like a magical is, story filled with wonderment and this is actually whimsy. guys this is where jk rowling got jenny's character jk stole from rl oh gosh that's the that is the battle of the ages i will say <laughs> but i love this part where jenny like She's just, like, en- entranced by this magic, even though she doesn't seem to like magic. And she, like, just stares with her mouth open, and she, like, claps her hands in front of uh, Tim's face or whatever. It's just really funny. Yeah. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone except. Is that where you're going from here? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I tried to add some drama to this shit. So. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, R.L. Stein. So the moment arrives... And Amazo asks for a volunteer. Tim raises his arm and Amazo says, I, how about you, son? Tim looks like he was just blessed by the Pope and he runs up on stage. (laughs) Amazo sets up his trick by saying that he needs to check Tim's height to see if he'll be able to fit in the box. Oh my god. He begins to pretend to measure Tim before saying, Ooh, looks like you're an inch too tall. Tim briefly looks like a guy who just saw all of his dreams die before Amazo pulls out a giant Looney Tunes looking mallet from behind Tim's back mm-hmm. saying this should do the trick and implying that he's going to like like use the mallet to smash his head and make him shorter, right? Yeah, he's going okay. to like crush his bones down. 
down an inch or two. Because, like, the way that the joke plays out, like, he's like, oh, this will do. And then he throws it away. And I'm like, so is he trying to say that that mallet made him an inch taller? Because, like, there wasn't a lot of payoff, in my opinion. No, he just didn't commit to the joke. But the crowd is still loving this shit. Yeah, the crowd's like, murder that child! <laughs> Bash his brains in! <laughs> it's ten o'clock! <laughs> <laughs> It's a school night. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exactly like witches at that witches convention where the witches are all like, kill children. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrifying. That's what, this, that's what this crowd is. They're secretly witches. That wouldn't That'd be interesting, me. though. They all have purses full of corn and, oh, uh, and eggs. Yeah. <laughs> though, is Clarissa a witch? She's a genie, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. Witches don't do wishes. No, no, no. They do not. But she still she still has a witchy vibe. Oh, we, we can't talk we'll about more exciting, yeah. better Let's episodes. Stop. <laughs> do you, dude, do you remember that one time in Tale of Dead Man's Float? <laughs> oh my god. That was so cool. Those were the good days. That we fucking zombie about... was so awesome. Dead Man's Float, fucking Night Shift. Oh. All right, no, we have to stop. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. All right. It's Halloween, and we're talking about this fucking episode. God, what the <laughs> hell? Is... <laughs> God damn it. Couldn't have been Haunted Mask 2 or anything. All right. No. Am- Amazo tells Tim that he's trying a brand new trick, and it doesn't always work. But they're going to give it a try anyway. He invites okay. Tim to hop inside of his box. He tells the audience that it's easy enough to make someone disappear, but they don't always come back. He turns to Tim and says, Oh, by the way, if you meet a red-headed boy with a Hawaiian shirt, tell him he got an A in science class and his cat had kittens. I think that was a kind of cute little quip. Is it? I thought so, Brandon. <laughs> Quick questioning what's, me. What's good about it? Because, like, he tried this, tried this trick on a kid with a Hawaiian shirt on, and he was lost in space and time. And he's like, Haha, if you die too, tell him that is fucking cat had kittens because time has passed (laughs) okay i get the premise of the joke but like all of the things were so specific that i thought there must be some kind of wordplay or something in there but no it's just quit the overthinking things and overanalyzing okay that's our entire thing but okay amazo closes the lid on the box and spins it around a few times a trap door opens in the box and tim falls down a chute into a basement when Amazo opens the lid of the box, a red-headed boy in a Hawaiian shirt pops out. The audience claps, but we see a close-up of Ginny, who has an expression like, oh, hell no. Yeah, so she's like, oh, fuck, my brother's gone. But then also she doesn't fucking care. No. I'd be pissed, though. It's probably like 10, 15, 10, 30 at this point. Damn. She's probably thinking, like, my parents are going to kill me. Mm. Good thing they don't have parents. <laughs> yeah. Back downstairs, Tim is trying to open a door to leave the basement, but it won't budge. He's stuck there. Awkward. He looks around the room filled with various magic props and grabs a top hat, throwing it to the ground. He then grabs a deck of cards and starts throwing them into the hat. Yeah, can we just talk for a second about how he just immediately gives up? He's just like, oh, the door won't open? Well, guess I'm going to sit here for fucking hours. (laughs) (laughs) Like... He doesn't know if he'll ever get out of there. That could no. be, like, where he dies. <laughs> this could be Amazo's dungeon. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. We cut to a shot of two top hats overflowing with cards and cards all over the ground, showing that he has now been down there for some time. Yeah. Tim can hear that the show is ending, and he's bummed that he missed the whole thing. Suddenly, the basement door opens... And motherfucking Colin Mockery is there. Colin Mockery, an angel in this episode. Yes. He opened the door. I turned to my wife and I was like, is that fucking Colin Mockery? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And you think like, oh, this is the episode that has Colin Mockery in it. But then as soon as he's there, he's gone. As quickly as he appeared, he disappears. He has less screen time than Foz in this episode. He does. And it's honestly the worst part of the episode. It's the best and worst part of the episode at the same time. We're like a gift from R.L. Stein, and then it is quickly taken away from us. Yeah. 
R.L. giveth and taketh away. God damn it. So yeah, Colin Mockery's there, and he just says, Hey kid, the exit's <laughs> that way. And then he walks <laughs> off. That's it. Yeah. So stupid. Can we just talk about how dumb it is that he just got trapped in a dungeon and got to, like, miss the show that he put like, the Amazo doesn't know, but, like, he could have potentially paid for this. And Amazo just took everything away from him and stole his money and threw him in a basement. Yeah, I would be so pissed. I would be, I'd ruin that show. Like, I would, like, <laughs> attempt to crawl up that thing. Like, I would be banging around. Oh, my gosh. Nobody takes money from me. <laughs> so, like, he not only, like, took his money potentially but like he took his freedom for a little while like he illegally <laughs> detained this boy for some time yeah for we don't know how long but probably show. like an hour or two yeah oh god and then like fucking Ginny's just upstairs sitting at that table wondering what the fuck is going on because she doesn't yeah. even like magic she's oh, probably boy. just like well shit I don't have parents. My brother just disappeared. Like, I'm alone in the world now. How do I get home? What do I do? It's okay. It's okay. She's got a sweet leather jacket on for some reason. So she does. She's styling. Those bangs? Shoot. Tim Dutch angles down a red lit hall to the door that Colin Mockery pointed out to him. But before he opens the door, he looks to his right. And there's a blue lit hall with a door that has a hastily etched star on it. Mm-hmm. He goes to the door and opens it, calling out for a mazo. A voice calls out as if like in the bathroom or something, like it's muffled. He's just taking a shit or whatever. No big yeah. deal. He says, beat it, kid. He looks around but doesn't see anyone. Tim complains to a that he was locked up in the basement for the whole show. Mm-hmm. But the echoey voice cuts him off, saying... You know how many kids would give up their right arm to be in my show? Now get out of here, you little brat. Damn. Tim is confused now, and he asks if the voice really just called him a brat. The voice says, What's the matter? You deaf or just stupid? (laughs) I don't know what it is, but people call people stupid in these horror anthology shows. It just tickles me fancy. It's great. It's like the part. harshest insult you can do on these G-rated episodes. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh, man, it's funny. Maybe you're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Tim seems ready to accept defeat when suddenly he sees Amazo's magic kit on the ground next to the door. He grabs that shit and runs out. Oh boy. Okay, so we're like halfway done with the episode now, and pretty much nothing's happened. And guess what, guys? Nothing happens from here on out either. (laughs) Yeah, we're... I mean... I think the second half's maybe even more boring. (laughs) It takes a while in this episode. It's like 14 minutes or something before anything even like supernatural or otherworldly takes place. Like... So far, it's literally just a boy who likes magic goes and sees a magic show. Yeah, like this. Stuff. This isn't an episode of Goosebumps. This is an episode of I don't know Dennis the Menace or something. I don't know something, something not Goosebumps. Something generic, not Goosebumps or scary in the slightest. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> we see Tim walking through the halls, checking all angles to make sure nobody is catching him stealing the bag. When he is startled by Ginny. The six-year-old girl who, for like a few hours now, has been by herself at a magic show near midnight. (laughs) She shakes her head at Tim like a rabid dog and asks where he's (laughs) been. What the fuck was that? I forgot about that. Yeah, she she does that. (laughs) And it's funny, that's what made me recognize her. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your bitter bunny. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got. We're so thankful you spend some time with us. At patreon.com slash private island, you can sign up and become a patron for as little as $1 a month. You'll receive instant access to early release episodes, bloopers, stickers, and so much more on top of supporting our show. 
I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice, Witch, and Sarah, the Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Preston, Matt, Kristen, Geraldine, Evelyn, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days, Angela, Faith, and Sarah, the Platinum Bostics, Brian, Bryce, Farron, and Kathy, and the Diamond Zebo, Michael. Thank you for your support, everyone. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Private Island Presents and on Twitter at PRVT Island. We post tons of content for every episode that we cover. Handmade gifts and memes, videos, and more. We do live watch parties on Wednesdays, so join in and enjoy. Brandon and I go live on Twitch on Saturdays after we record our podcast. If you'd like to check us out live, give us a follow at twitch.tv slash private island I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thank you so much for listening in this week. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit later here. Bye, everybody! Yeah, what the... What kind of direction do they give where they're like, all right, six-year-old little girl, just go shake your head. Like, why? Why? Well, Cortland, I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Because we're going to we're gonna talk about the actors, and I'll start with her because oh, okay. that little head shake made me go, oh, shit, is that the little girl from Look Who's Talking Now? Oh, my God. Why does it always come back to Look Who's Talking Now? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Fucking Encino Man and Bray's face. It's like... These I, were, I, I know, like, like, three things. <laughs> it yeah, always comes back to them. Apparently, everything you loved from a child was just Canadian. And uh, I don't know. I don't. I kind of love it. I don't know why I'm complaining. Yeah. So, Ginny was played by Tabitha Lupien, who played Julie in Look Who's Talking Now. And she does that same head-shaking thing in that movie. Wow, okay. So that's what she does. <laughs> yeah, that's her thing. In every role that she's ever been in. So Tabitha also was in the movie Hairspray, the 2007 mm. version. As who? She was Becky. Oh, duh, Becky. Yeah, I don't know who the hell that is, but she was in it. Did you see that movie? Yes. Okay. She was in three episodes of Ready or Not, and Cortland, she's in another episode of Goosebumps later. I'm fine with that. Yeah, she's got 29 credits, including some from this year, so... Oh, nice. Okay. She's Work still it, working. Yeah, yeah. Shaking her head. Frothing at the mouth. Amazing. <laughs> so, Tim is played by Dov Tiefenbach. Of course who also is working up to and including this year. Nice. And he's been in quite a lot of things as well, including more Goosebumps. Oh, geez. So it's not the last of him. Okay. I know him and recognized him immediately as Kid at Lake from Tommy Boy. Um, I haven't seen Tommy Boy in a really long time, so I I couldn't, couldn't recognize him. Yeah, he just kind of yells out to Chris Farley, who yells back at him. Oh, okay. He was also Boy with Purple Socks in Harriet the Spy. Oh, right, that classic role. I remember Rosie O'Donnell was like, hey, you, Boy with Purple Socks! And he was like, (laughs) yes, ma'am! I remember. I was there. Yeah. Great movie. He was also in Jason X as Azrael. Of course he was. I don't remember him in that, but... I don't know. We, we watched that movie a long time ago. We talk about it all the time. It's very Canadian, yeah. apparently. We talk about it too much, probably. We do, yeah. Foz was played by Robert Hamilton, who was in this episode of Goosebumps. That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's unfortunate, because, <laughs> I mean, I know he's only in the episode for, like, five seconds, but... He's in the episode for five seconds, and he's not very good, but also, you know, he could have got better, but maybe this wasn't his passion. I think he's about second or third hand to Colin Mockery in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Malik was played by Harvey Atkin, the late Harvey Atkin. Rest in peace, Harvey Atkin. Yeah. Uh, who's been in a t- shit ton of stuff, including... Yeah. The War Between Tates, a TV no. movie from 1977. Like Tatum O'Neill? Oh, she might not have been born yet. 
No, she probably, probably was not. born. I'm gonna she was probably born. Uh, she was probably born in the 60s. Okay. Uh, I would look that up, but I don't want to. Nah, just, let's keep going. This is taking too long anyway. Yeah. He was in 13 episodes of Elf. Nice, okay. 99 episodes of Cagney and Lacey. So if you've seen that show, I'm guessing you know the character Ronald Coleman. Yeah, any Cagney and Lacey fans out there. And most importantly, Cortland, he did the voice of King Koopa in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's incredible. But he's not amazed, though. What about him? Amazo was played by Mark Garbone, who has four credits, so I'll read his IMDb resume in its entirety. I thought that he would have a little more, but go ahead. He began his career in 1989 playing a pizza delivery guy in a movie called Freak Show. Okay. After this appearance in Goosebumps, he played in a TV movie as a reporter in Any Mother's Son. That sounds suggestive. Oh my god, Cortland. So that was in 1997. His next and final most current role, whatever you want to call it, is in 2021. That's this year. (laughs) Yeah. As a nurse in a TV miniseries called A Little Dream. Well, you know what? He probably went off, like, had a family, lived his life, and then was like, wait a second. I was an actor. Let's go back into it. Remember that Goosebumps episode? I fucking killed it. And then he got a job. Yeah. All right, we have to keep moving, or God damn it, Please we God. are never getting done. Tim explains to Ginny that he's been locked in a basement and found out that his idol is nothing more than a creep. Ginny is over all that crap, though, and asks what the big black bag is. And even though Tim is still like three feet away from Mazo's room, he casually explains to her that it's a Mazo's magic bag, and he stole it. <laughs> Ginny wants to see in the bag now. Tim says no, but she demands to see in the bag. Tim tells her, No, I'll let you see it tomorrow. First thing, I promise. And that works on her, so they go. Yeah, they do gotta get out of there. Like, it's like 12.30 in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. The next morning, Tim and Ginny open the bag at home, and as soon as they do, a couple of weird cartoon sound effects play. Tim says it must have been booby-trapped with a computer chip or something. Computer chips were all the rage back in 1996. Yeah, great for booby traps. Ginny starts pulling out a long, colorful handkerchief thing and asks where all the instructions for the stuff is. Tim says they don't need instructions for the stuff. It's not a toy. He then puts his arm inside of something and then launches a snake puppet at Ginny's face. Cortland, is this the same snake from Attack of the Mutant? I don't know. I was going to ask you if it was the same snake from uh, Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Because this is like the third snake that's popped out of nowhere. Also, is it the same snake from Return of the Mummy? Fuck. I guess there was one in there too, wasn't there? There's been a lot of snake puppets, and I wonder if it was the same prop. It probably was, let's be honest. Tim reassures her that it's fake, but says, Look at it though. It's so real. (laughs) It's not. It's not at all. I feel like that was probably a line lifted straight from the book where it was probably meant to look very real. But the prop in the show is very not real looking. It's very, very fake. Yes. Ginny pulls out a cloth and asks what it's for. Tim tells her that you stand behind it and then magicians use it to make things disappear. She says, neat. Tim tells her to leave it alone, but instead she raises it up to cover her. A little musical fanfare and magical sound play, and then the cloth drops and Ginny is gone. My god. (laughs) It takes Tim a second to notice she isn't there, but then he looks and notices a white rabbit on the ground. With, like, no skepticism at all, he picks that rabbit up and he says, Ginny? Oh my god. He just fully accepts that she's a rabbit now. He asks the rabbit if it is Ginny to please give him a sign. We get a close-up of the rabbit, and the rabbit begins speaking, and, like, he's just chewing, moving his mouth a little bit, but a voiceover says, You want a sign? Go to the corner. It says stop. (laughs) And then there's, like, a little trumpet musical sting that plays. Because he did a funny. Oh, boy. And uh, that happens all the time, and it's terrible. Yeah, that is. Tim drops that rabbit like it's hot and begins looking all over the room. The rabbit says... What are you looking around for? It's just you and me. Tim so, starts to stutter. But, but, but. And the rabbit mocks him going, but, but, but. What are you, a motorboat? 
Now talk to uh, me, man okay. to man. What? What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Tim says the obvious, saying, "Dude, you're a rabbit." The rabbit says, "I'm only a rabbit on the outside. Inside, I am El Sydney, Wizard Extraordinaire." Then that little trumpet plays again. Ugh. Tim is like, "Okay, if you're El Sydney, where is my sister?" Yeah, El Sydney tells him that she is gone. Amazo has all these special tricks, and they should have left his stuff alone. True, yeah. So Tim's like, shit, we have to get my sister back or my parents are going to kill me. The rabbit says to Tim, what about me? Do you know how long I've been a rabbit? The humiliation I've endured. Melodramatic violin music starts playing as El mm. Sidney recounts how he met Amazo when he was just a little boy, and Amazo was his hero. Okay, hold on. Yeah. This guy sounds like he's 40 years old. Yeah. Uh, else, mm-hmm. uh, Amazo is probably like 30, so yeah, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> that timeline does not add up. Yeah. That should have been uh, Timmy's first clue. Well, Timmy's not also, a bright Also, he sounds boy. like a villain. He sounds like a mean person. Like, he sounds... Nobody has this accent and is nice, right? <laughs> he sounds, Cortland, like Beetlejuice. Yeah, you're right. I think... Yeah the actor was going for a Beetlejuice thing because this story is kind of a Beetlejuice thing. It is a bit, yeah, you're right. El Sidney mentions the guillotine trick from earlier, and when Tim says that the trick is dope as hell, El Sidney says, It should be. I invented it. Hmm, I wonder if that'll come up again. (laughs) No, of course not. It'll be just like the sirens. Mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) He tells Tim that he became Amazo's protege, and one day... He brought Amazo a centuries-old magic wand backstage to show him a real magic wand. Well, Amazo took that shit, and El Sidney's whole act, and to top it all off, he turned him into a wabbit. And yes, he says oh, wabbit. He does say wabbit, yeah. And I think it goes, or whatever again. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and now Amazo uses him in his show. Tim don't care about any of this exposition shit and asks about Jenny. El Sidney tells Tim that he can get her back, but they need to work together because he's not too handy these days. But I'm just um this talk this part goes on for a really long time. It really like they're does. still in that shed. It's been like ten minutes. It's like half the episode. Tim says, Alright, what do I have to do? The rabbit tells him they gotta get that wand back. Tim is like, Ugh. El Sydney yeah. says, Don't get nervous, kid. You're making me twitch. Boo. Yeah, he's like, oh, I gotta steal more stuff. Like, yeah. Let's just stole something stole. and it's like eh, whatever. Nobody cares that he just stole all this stuff from <laughs> I him. used up all my good karma already. <laughs> we cut suddenly to the magic mansion and Tim is in the basement area sneaking around. El Sydney is in his arms and the rabbit yells, Be careful! If Amazo catches you, you'll spend your magic career as Timothy the Magic Chicken. El Sidney says that Amazo keeps the wand with his props on stage, so they head in that direction. On the stage is all kinds of magic equipment, and Tim is instantly distracted by it all. El Sidney tells him to get his shit together because they have to get that wand before Amazo comes back to rehoice. The rabbit's accent is all over Cortland. It's so bad. <laughs> Tim says, Alright, what's it look like? And the rabbit says, Duh, it's black. Two feet long with a white tip. Tim is like, you're awfully grouchy. El Sidney tells him he's under a lot of stress. And he has fleas. He doesn't, though. He's a white rabbit. He has no fleas. No, he doesn't. Tim walks over to a cheap-looking cupboard with stars taped to it, and he opens it up. A shit ton of generic-looking magical wands pours out. Yeah. Tim is like, ugh, which one is the right one? El Sidney says, pretend you're a magician. Better yet, abracadabra, you're a magician. Say the magic word. What the fuck is... God, it takes forever. <laughs> it does. We're like in the like final location of the episode, but it's still, there's so much left. <sighs> Tim says, abracadabra, and raises the wand to the heavens like mighty Excalibur. But a colorful handkerchief is all that flies out. He tries the next one, and it's the same thing. Then there is a montage of him trying various wands. Every single wand. There's like (laughs) 40 of them, and he tries every single one of them. And 
there's just no sense of urgency. It feels like it. Yeah. His sister's in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like Amazo could be here any second, but like they have all this time to just look at everyone and be to like, try Ooh. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the montage ends with him raising a wand, saying "Rigatoni." <sighs> Nothing happens. El Sydney says, it's about magic. time. Tim looks confused and tells him, this one's busted. The rabbit tells Tim he'll show him what it can do. And he urges the boy to put him in the coffin. Just do it. Tim says, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You said you would help bring Ginny back first. That's a good point. They argue for a bit until El Sydney relents and says, all right, all right, go get that drape. He tells Tim to lift it up. Swing that wand around and say the magic words. Tim asks, "What magic words?" And the he rabbit only yells, like "Forty of them." Do I whatever. have to do everything? He's done nothing. No, he really hasn't. <laughs> he's he sat back and made puns, shitty ones. So Tim does the trick, saying, "Alakazam, Alakazar." Ginny, come back from wherever you are! He drops the drape, and Ginny is standing there looking absolutely over this shit. <laughs> Don't blame her, I am too. <laughs> she says she's going to tell Mom and walks out. Walks out of the episode. <laughs> she's gone. I'm telling Mom. Like, I want to tell his mom too and be like, what the fuck is this? I, his yeah. mom is R.L. Stein, by the way. And I want to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's up? It's your mom, R.L. Stein. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tim's mom. <laughs> Yeah, so that is the last we see of her. Thank goodness. El Sydney is like, alright, let's take care of me now. He tells Tim he did great, and maybe there'll be a spot for him in El Sydney's magical act. Aw, sweet. Tim slaps that rabbit in the coffin, and El Sydney makes some dumb joke about his lucky foot. I didn't uh, I didn't write it down, because it sucks and fine. it's stupid. Don't. Next. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be more stupid jokes. Let's go. Tim begins his magic trick, waving that wand around and saying, Alakazam! Alakazar! Get to be a habit free El Sydney from the skin of a rabbit! I think. I don't know. I listened to it, it a few matter. times. I, when that happened, I was I turned to my wife and I was like, I can't wait for Brandon to tell me what he just said. Damn it. And I couldn't. It's okay. It was a valiant effort. A magical sound plays and the coffin starts to wiggle. But then from behind, Amazo calls out, Who's there? Oh, okay. He recognizes Tim and says, What happened to you last night? Tim is like, Uh, I was in your basement, and then you called me a brat? Yeah. Amazo seems genuinely confused and says, I did? I never said that. He notices the magic kit and says, Oh, you found it. Great. Tim says that he's tried some of the tricks, but Amazo says, That's cool, as long as you didn't let that rabbit out. He's very dangerous. Very tricky. He used to be an evil magician, but he turned him into a rabbit for the good of everyone. Position. Yeah. He does seem like a nice guy at this point, though. I don't know why he dumped that kid in that basement. Yeah, he still dumped that kid in the basement. He can be like, yeah, the rabbit's the evil one, but he, yeah, he did jail that kid for a good portion of the night. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Tim tells Amazo that the rabbit said... That Amazo was the bad one. Amazo says, he would say that. And then realizing what happened, asks, you talked to him? Tim looks at the coffin, and Amazo slowly makes his way over. He opens it up, and a dove flies out. And then in slow motion, it shittily transforms in a puff of smoke <laughs> into a flamboyant-looking nerd in a flamenco outfit. Yeah. What the fuck? Just like a middle-aged white nerd. Yes. <laughs> Not some kind of cool, evil magician that you would think. No. I feel like what they were trying to go for was Bobcat. Yes. Um, I feel like just the actor. The actor was trying to trying to be Channel Bobcat, Bobcat, but also Beetlejuice. Yeah. Because now, now he, he's, he's acting like Beetlejuice after he escapes and he gets free. But also Bobcat. He tells Amazo, you looking for this? And he shakes his wand at Amazo, which produces a green looking fart cloud around Amazo that somehow <laughs> makes him unable to move. Paralyzes him, yeah. <laughs> In Dutch angle, El Sydney says, You know what it's like having to eat nothing but lettuce 
carrots. No dressing, nothing. Just lettuce and carrots. You know what it's like calling a hat your home? You know what it's like having your ears tugged and twisted? All right. I'm bitter. I was a bitter bunny! But no longer. If you thought you were good enough to trap the great El Sydney in the body of a rabbit forever, forget about it. You're not good enough. So that was like a whole thing. That was like a minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're almost done, though. Thank God. We really are. Whew. It moves at the end. Like, not in a good way, but... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I don't have to write notes about. <laughs> The evil magician swings his wand around, and Amazo shrinks down into a rabbit. Yeah. El Sidney says, Amazo, rabbito, and laughs like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> I hate yeah, this guy. He does have a little bit of Pee Wee Herman, too. <laughs> you hate him. I was going to ask him what you thought about him, because I hate him, too. He's copying, like, all these cool things, but he's the worst. I hate him. Yeah, and he's in, like, a flamenco outfit. <laughs> For no reason. And why is his name El Sidney? Like, he's, he's not, he's n- like, no. Spanish or Mexican no. at all. But he uses a lot of, like, Spanish-sounding words, and he's dressed that way, and his name's El Sidney. Like, they poser, were going for some poser. kind of vibe, but, no, didn't nail it. Tim is like, yeah, this is cool and all, but I have a dentist appointment. And he tries to leave. Mm-hmm. El Sidney says, Aren't we having fun yet? The great Timotheny is far too valuable to lose. Besides, we had a deal. I need you in my act. When he says they got a deal or whatever, he gives him a hug too. It's really Does weird. He? Yeah. Yeah. He would. He would, definitely. As soon as Tim hears about being in the act, his expression changes and he says, Really? El Sidney tells him, Absolutely. Isn't that what you wanted? Tim says, uh, yeah. And Sidney tells Tim to hold on. Then he does a laugh like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead and shakes his magic wand at him. We cut to later, and an announcer is at the Magic Mansion announcing the return of El Sidney. Right. So, like, El Sidney disappeared and nobody gave a shit at all. (laughs) No. And now Amazo's gone and no one gives a shit. Oh my god. (laughs) You'd think, like, in this kind of magic community, it would be pretty tight-knit, right? Yeah. But nah. (laughs) You just just disappear. You just disappear, and then (laughs) nobody fucking cares. Like, all they want is to be entertained. They don't need the drama of magic magicians at all. Sidney takes the stage with a giant guillotine and is cradling two rabbits in his arms. Uh Uh-huh. He tells the audience that he normally... Only uses Uno Rabito. But this trick doesn't always work so well. I guess I'm a little rusty. Rusty Blade, get it? No. Yeah, the audience doesn't care for it either. He places both rabbits in his custom two-rabbit guillotine. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But the rabbits just seem very calm and cool to be there, so whatever. El Sidney asks for an audience member, someone who's not afraid to... Split hairs? And the audience just not digging this at all. Man, they just want a Mazo back. <laughs> El Sidney laughs lamely while the audience groans. We close in on the bunnies, and the Amazo bunny tells Tim that he's gonna get them out of this. And the Tim Rabbit says, What? And quit show business? There's a rim shot, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like get out of this it's show bit dun, 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 dun. Like, cuts him right off it's just like credits we do have to mention the credits though because right, this we do, episode yes. has an alternate version of the theme song yeah what the hell what ha- i don't get it it's, but i love it yeah it's like a more carnival music kind of you know magic clowns version of the theme and it's great because it's the goosebumps theme song yeah i was just thinking um when i was watching this episode I was like we haven't gotten very many remixes of uh of the episode music and then this this credit version came out and it was fucking i mean i'm gonna play a little bit of it here so that you guys can understand mm-hmm. how excited i was to hear it Whew. so Cortland, wow yeah bad hair day that was, that was the episode uh, though bad episode <laughs> wasn't great no um 
I'm a little upset that we've gotten like three now back to back not great episodes. Yeah. I mean, two of those were one long bad episode. So, but yeah, uh, we're due for a good one, I think. I think so. Hey, oh, we didn't talk about who El Sydney was, though. No, we didn't. No, I feel like he's going to be somebody, though, right? He, I feels like he's somebody. Well, let's see. El Sydney was played by David Ferry, who mm-hmm. has a lot of credits, 121 credits mm-hmm. on IMDb. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, I had a feeling. Yeah, going back to 1977. Jesus, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how old he was, but that's, that's a lot. So he was in Three Men and a Baby. As a telephone installer. Uh-huh, classic. Three episodes of Night Heat. That's an interesting title. A couple episodes of Friday the 13th, the series. Oh, nice. One episode, Cortland, of Forever Night. Uh, of course. And an episode of Sci-Factor, Chronicles of the Paranormal. All the classics, yep. He's in all yep. the staples. Just checking them all off. Canadian classics. And okay. yeah, he was in something this year, a TV movie called The Danger Next Door. So Homeboy's <laughs> still working. It doesn't surprise me. Like, he may have sucked, but he was the most charismatic of, of everybody in the episode, I think. Besides Colin Mockery, of course. All right, Cortland. So, all right, Brandon. This episode is a bummer. Um, yeah, a bit. Do you think it has any kind of moral? Steal things. Nobody's going to notice. Steal things and it'll work out. Yeah, if you have a rabbit, put him in a put him in a bag, and if that bag goes missing, don't question it. You know, yeah, it'd be fine. Um, if you're giving any kind of performance and someone volunteers their time to help you out with the performance, don't like kidnap them. <laughs> just yeah, don't do, that's just a good don't one. do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll expand that to say just don't kidnap people in general. That's not a good idea. I don't think it ever ends well for anybody. Okay. Alternate titles, Cortland, because Bad Hair Day is a bad title. It is. What other titles could we give this? Uh, hmm. I feel like it, it's begging for rabbit puns, but we're not going to go there. Yeah. The Midnight Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Very stupid, but that's what this episode deserves. It doesn't deserve better. Yeah. <laughs> um, The asshole magician. Yeah, he is an asshole. All of them are. I mean, Amazo is okay at the end. I mean, Malik's kind of an asshole, too. They all suck. Magicians are the worst. Yeah, magicians suck. Sorry. No offense, yeah. To anybody that's a, an aspiring, upcoming, or is a magician. You know? You probably don't suck. I mean, you listen to our show. So, boom. Yeah, you're one of the good ones. Now, Cortland... What's up? Hopefully, I think we've got a better episode coming up next. Okay. The next episode is called The Headless Ghost. Hmm, okay. So, uh, I don't know much about this episode. I think it's kind of a popular one, though, if I'm, if I, you know, people talk about well, it on Twitter. Well, let stuff. me tell you this, Cortland. The Headless Ghost has 7.9 on IMDb. Okay. But, I will tell you that Bad Hair Day... Has a 7.2. What? No. So, it's slightly (laughs) better than Bad Hair Day, according to the IMDb consensus. All right. Well, let me me look at the the book cover real quick here, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I got it pulled up. Uh, First thing I... My first initial reaction is I like it. Uh, I like the colors. It's kind of like a mauve purple with like a... Kind of a darker pink. I think it looks really nice. Yeah. Great combination. Um, The... Picture is of a staircase that looks a bit busted up. There's some cobwebs in there. It looks like it's in an old house or something. And like a 17th century child, uh, like, you know, 12-year-old is walking down it. But he's a ghost, and he does have his head in his arms cradled, as if it's a ham, you know? Yeah, so um, he's not headless. It's just not Like, he has his be. head. It's just not on the top. It's, it's right. cradled like a ham. Okay. <laughs> like he's bringing a baked ham down the stairs, you know? I hope that this isn't actually just like, you know, the tale of the night nurse retold where he died on these stairs and this is like where he has to be. No. Um by the name alone, okay, let me let me see the tagline here. The tagline reads major headache. 
That's that's like an L. Sydney tier joke. Very bad. Um, I'm not sure exactly what this is going to be about, if I'm being honest with you. Like, I don't really have an idea. I was assuming it was going to be, like, the Headless Horseman kind of thing, and maybe it's still that. But with them being inside a house and the fact that there's no horse, uh, I don't know. It's probably going to be, maybe it's a little bit like Lonely Ghost, where they, like, oh, did you hear the story about the kid that died in that house by losing his head? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know, Brandon. Well, it can literally be anything. I mean, it's the headless ghost. You can it do whatever seems you like uh, we're in for a good old fashioned ghost story, which yeah, it's, I'm fine with it's that. been a while. We haven't had a ghost since uh, piano lessons can be murder, I think. Right. Um, let's see, are they, no, I guess they're not ghosts. So, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I, don't I was know. trying to remember if there are any ghosts in Terror Tower. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, I mean, it's time traveling uh, sort of it thing. It was like a time travel, that, like yeah, that doesn't black count. hole maybe. It's piano lessons. That's a, that's yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> it was. Yeah. No, I uh, I think it's going to be good. Like I said, I, I I think I see people talk about this one a lot. Um, I think it's one of those classic episodes. I don't even remember read like seeing this book cover though. So. Mm. Yeah, I remember liking this cover. It's going to be an improvement on Bad Hair Day. So, well, that's all. That's the, that's all it takes. You know, can you imagine if we watched Bad Hair Day, like if Bad Hair Day were the second episode in the season and then we watched The Attack of the Mutant? I would, I think I'd be even more mad. <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, man, Bad Hair Day. Well, it can't get any worse than this." And then fucking Mask Mutant is laughing at me in the background. <laughs> He knows what's coming. Good lord. Alright, we've gotta stop this. Okay. This must right. be, I have high hopes for next this week. Must I'm be excited. Stopped. I'm excited for next week. <laughs> yes, you should be. But that's next week. That's it for us now. I've been okay. up all night. Same. I'll see you next week, Cortland. I have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> you will. <laughs> Alright. I'll see you next week too, Brad. Bye everybody. Bye. Not that one!